Hi friend, this is Alex McRobbs, founder of The Mindful Life Practice, and you're listening to the Sober Yoga Girl podcast. I'm a Canadian who moved across the world at age 23 and I never went back. I got sober in 2019 and I realized that there was no one talking about sobriety in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, so I started doing it. I now live in Bali, Indonesia, and full-time run my community, The Mindful Life Practice. I host online sober yoga challenges, yoga teacher trainings, and I work one-on-one with others, helping them break up with booze for good. In this podcast, I sit down with others in the sobriety and mental health space from all walks of life and hear their stories so that I can help you on your journey. You're not alone, and a sober life can be fun and fulfilling. Let me show you how. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Sober Yoga Girl. I am very excited to have Ellen sitting with me here today. And Ellen is the creator of Sobriety Sisterhood in France, and she is a sobriety and wellness coach. And we've actually been connected on Instagram for a long time. Ellen's come to some of my yoga workshops, yoga classes, and we've been friends for a while, but I don't think I've ever actually sat down with you and sort of heard your sober story. So I'm really, really excited for this opportunity to talk to you today. So welcome, Ellen. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm good. Thank you. I'm excited too. It's so nice to be here. It's nice to have you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of where you are in the world? Okay. So I am, well, I'm English originally, but I've been in France since 2007. So it's 15 years, which has gotten in a heartbeat. Um, I am married with three children who were all born in France. Um, Yeah, I grew up in the UK, but I knew very, very early on I didn't want to stay in the UK. Uh, In fact, I always wanted to go to Canada, which where you're from. Um, And but we ended up in France, uh, still kind of dream of moving to Canada, but love France as well. Yeah, I was 28 when we moved here, which is quite unusual wow. for expats because lots of people are retired who move over here. So it's been quite a journey, but we've just moved house and I do love it here. But it's a strange place to be sober. I hate the word sober, but to be alcohol free is really strange because in France, alcohol is their heritage. You know, wine is their yeah. heritage. So it's quite unusual and um, to be alcohol free here. Yeah. And I love seeing your, um, your house renovations, by the way, I was thinking today about how, you know, there's some people who keep all of their content, just sobriety focused. And then there's some people that show other parts of their life. And I was thinking a little bit, like when I was making my TikTok videos, I was like, Oh, I wonder if my followers are like bored of this. Cause it's just like me dancing. <laughs> And then I was thinking like, it's actually really nice. Like, you know, for you, I post these home renovations and I love seeing this little glimpse into like your life other than sobriety. I think it's amazing. Yeah, thank you. I was really, when I started my Instagram account, it was kind of like an accountability for me. I was about, I think about a year sober and it felt really strange of coming out to the rest of the world of being sober right? Um, because I was known as a big drinker, but It was just who I was. I loved it. I didn't have a problem with alcohol as such. I just loved drinking. My family are big drinkers. Um, It was something that I'd always done. And I was really kind of driven with it of um, being quite, I'm the best drinker and I can drink everyone under the table. So when I started my Instagram account, it was really, I was very nervous about it. And I didn't know which direction to take it either. But um, yeah, I like putting bits and pieces of real life. And as well, it's a bit of a shit show. But I like the fact that people can kind of relate and say, well, you can still be alcohol free. You can still deal with the renovations. My husband's back in hospital. He's got mental health problems. It's oh, real life. So, sorry. Um, so 
but you can still there's still so much like to be grateful for and we still have fun and we still you know enjoy all the things there are to be grateful for yeah wow that must be so hard it is but god there's strength in sobriety I think I am someone different to who I was 10-15 years ago it is difficult, but I'm so much more self-aware of like, okay, what do I need? What do I need to do to look yeah. after myself and to be strong so that I can look after everybody else? And um, people have stuff going on. It's real life. Like it's not Instagram life. Life is not perfect. Um, but I can do it all alcohol free. And I like sharing that with people. I think it's much more relatable. I certainly, I'm drawn to people on Instagram that Um, share their real life rather than like this perfect life it's something that I can relate to you know I'm a mum of three the house is messy the renovations are kind of stop start but yeah it's real life yeah and it's so admirable when people can be like authentically themselves yeah and something that I've learned in sobriety I'm sure you've done this as well I kind of looking back at my drinking career as such it's I was always searching to fit in with people and please other people and and be that person that was the life and soul of the party. My, uh, they used to call me party girl. And then now I'm just feel so much more comfortable in my own skin and yeah, showing my authentic self. Um, I still don't quite know what that means. I'm searching for who the authentic self is, but I know that I'm much more comfortable in my own skin for sure. Yeah. It's beautiful. So tell me a bit about, you mentioned like you're, you're much stronger than you were, 10, 15 years ago, what were you like 10, 15 years ago? Like, tell us about your journey and what your drinking days were like. Oh, my drinking days started so early. Both my parents, they were both in the army, but came out before I was born. But I grew up with alcohol around me just all the time. And from very, very young, like age four or five, I was having watered down versions of what my parents drank. And it was all good fun. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. I got two brothers who are eight and nine years older than me so I saw them going into their like their drinking career and I was always keeping up with the lads and I went to college actually and I was the only girl in college Uh, I went and did an engineering course and I was the only girl in the whole engineering block and so it was a big thing of like keeping up with the men all the time in everything that I did and I always say this I, I think I've got quite a masculine energy that I'm driven and I'm focused and quite kind of ego driven in everything Mm -hmm. that I do I can be the best in everything I'm very competitive and that came down to drinking as well um yeah yeah I loved drinking and I was a good drunk person you know I was always happy I was never aggressive but I was always unhappy in myself um I went into fitness coaching when I was about 19 um I'd always struggled with my weight from about 13 always uh felt very unhappy in myself and I before we moved to France I was managing two gyms I was big into the fitness kind of industry had started to explore the yoga had started to do my teaching course but yeah still just so uncomfortable with how I was I really hated how I looked. looking back I have no photos of me really I've no photos of me when I was pregnant no photos of me after I had the babies I just hated that whole thing and I found the Whole30, Melissa Urban's Whole30, and I'd done lots of reading. My husband's got an autoimmune disease, and so I'd done a lot of reading around the autoimmune paleo diet, which, of course, cuts out alcohol. And I had experimented with that 
and done it for weight loss and I wanted to yeah feel better about myself and I would do periods of alcohol free and then I would always go back to it because as far as I was concerned I never had a problem although that's not true when I was about 20 I said to my husband I think I've got a problem with alcohol and he laughed and said don't be so silly you're not hiding your drinking and you're not drinking during the days I was like no but it has this control over me that I hate and I would be drinking every night and I hated it. I was just stuck in this cycle of, yeah, it was three bottles for 10 pounds in, uh, in England. And we would get three bottles nearly every night and drink it. Wow. Um, and it never occurred to me that that was really the root cause of why I was holding too much weight, why I looked bloated, why I was tired, why I couldn't work out consistently, why my eating was inconsistent. And then when I started to t- kind of take a break from alcohol, it just became clearer and clearer all the benefits of sobriety. I was sleeping better. I was more motivated. I was more focused. And it took me a good five years to suddenly go, hang on a minute. If I want to treat myself, it's to completely stop. And that's what I did. I I was setting out for 30 days. Um, and then and I was going I'll treat myself at the end of it and I was like that's not a treat it's not a way to treat myself I'm so conscious of everything that I eat and exercise and doing yoga and being mindful and yet I'm quite happy to poison myself every night it just doesn't make sense to me anymore and when I rationalized it like that I was just like no I'm going to stop and see where this takes me and it completely changed my life wow yeah and so did you quit fully on your own or did you have any supports in the early days no, uh, quit completely on my own. Wow. Um, I just was like, right, I'm going to see where this takes me. Um, I was 38. I'd been to the doctor. I had blood pressure problems. She wanted to put me on medication. Wow. I'm like, I'm qualified in all of this. I've done um, all the, the sports science and psychology. I knew what my problem was. I knew that I needed to change my lifestyle. I didn't want to go onto medication. My father had died from heart disease when I was 19. My auntie had, my grandmother had, and I knew the path that it was going to take me down. And I was like, no, something's got to change. And that change has got to come with within. And I'd done that years ago with smoking as well. It was just when I rationalized it to myself, what I was doing, it just didn't make sense to continue doing it. And so I, I carried on. I got to about five months um, alcohol free. And actually, I reconnected with my friend Simon Chapel, who um, has Be Sober. And he had kind of come out as alcohol free. And I was like, hey, Simon, so am I. And I've known him for like 20 years. He used to come into the gym that I ran. Wow. Um, and he was like, oh, that's amazing. Join my Facebook group. And I didn't know that there was a whole sober community. And, when, and I didn't know what sober coach was. I didn't, you know, it just was all alien to me. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. I want other people to feel how I feel about myself. Um, and I reconnected with Simon and, yeah, and found that's this am- whole community. Amazing. And now Simon is the co-host of your podcast, right? You guys host a he podcast is, together. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. It is. It's nice. Um we've got history together and you know I went to his wedding when I saw just he always says he was an enthusiastic drinker and he was for sure and see him become so much more self-aware and start to do the work it is great and how great he is with um, his son and his wife how their relationships changed it's just so inspiring and the group that he has is brilliant connecting with people on there that's so amazing so you joined that community and then how long ago was that? How many years have you been sober now? Uh, just over three years. So yeah, I 
joined his community and then he said to me like oh you should get an Instagram profile I knew that I wanted to stay alcohol free and I knew that I wanted to like continue being consistent with my workout and my with my uh, yoga and I knew I needed an accountability so for me the Instagram kind of like okay so this is what I'm going to do I want to be a coach and I want to stay accountable to someone because although I know I love this lifestyle I know if I don't keep on connecting with people yeah. who are thriving in it then there's a chance I'll go back to my old lifestyle and I don't want that right You've said that recently in a post about not connecting with the sober community and how you kind of feel yourself, oh, oh, it could be okay. Um, Yeah. And that really resonated with me. Yeah. I actually remember in October, I remember putting it out there saying, I'm stepping aside from sober coaching. This person is taking it over. I'm now doing business work. And I had, I had done like a bunch of podcast episodes before I left Abu Dhabi. And so I was like, Oh, I I wasn't intentionally stepping away from sobriety. And then I realized like I'm here alone, kind of navigating a new life here. And like, this is probably one of the biggest times that people get back into drinking. And actually one of my friends who I had as a guest on the show, she went through something similar. She just repatriated back to the UK from Abu Dhabi and started drinking again. And um, it really shows how like you, you need your sober community more than ever And you can't, that's why they keep saying in AA, like keep coming back and, you know, provide service to others just to stay connected because otherwise you, you forget what it was like. You do. I think the first year you're like, there's all these changes and you're like, oh, this is amazing. This is so fantastic. Why didn't I, you want to preach to everyone. I was, um, the joke about how do you know if someone's vegan, don't worry, they'll tell you. I was the same with sobriety. I was like, oh, this is the future. Um, but you, that kind of shine on it starts to disappear slightly because you're just like okay so this is the new me I am more focused I am uh, yeah I've kind of lost a bit of weight I look different I feel different but you forget that that's all down to giving up alcohol um yes and my favorite my favorite saying is no matter how far down the road you are you're only ever the same distance from the ditch um and whilst I wasn't like rock bottom or what people would consider rock bottom that still was my rock bottom I don't want to go back to that person I want to stay focused and on this road um I just got shivers. No matter how far down the road you are, you're always the same distance from the ditch. Wow. I'm going to remember that. That is really, it's so true. Every every time I have a group, I just go back to that quote. I heard it on the uh, the Huberman lab um, and he was talking about somebody who'd been in recovery for, I think, 40 years. Uh, And that was what he'd said to him. And he's like, yeah, that is so true. It's so true because you just have one drink and you're like, it's yeah. just one, and then it's just two, and then it's just three, and then all of yeah. a sudden, you're just yeah, exactly oh, where you came from. Yeah, like, oh, I've given up for three years. I can do it. I can just yeah. have one drink, and I can give up for three years again. But I know my personality. I know that I yeah. am all or nothing. And whilst it might take me a month or 12 months to go back to that who yeah. I was, it would start. Uh, so it's much easier just not to not have that first drink. It's so true. Yeah. So much easier to just be fully sober. Yeah. I think once alcohol is off the table, it's just much easier, much, Mm -hmm. much clearer in your head. It's a lighter place to be. So tell me about the work that you do now in the sober world. Like I know Ellen and I were actually, we were, we're meant to be collaborating on a Bali retreat that has been postponed until the world Uh, reopens. Yeah. Hopefully until November and hopefully we'll still be doing that. Um, 
yeah, the world is a funny place at the moment. So mm-hmm. in the future, definitely there's going to be retreats. That yeah. Hopefully Bali, France, the UK um, and maybe Canada. Amazing. Because I, wanted, I, I really kind of manifested this. I want to be able to work online. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to keep connected with people. So the retreats for me really hits the, the spot with all yeah. of those. Um, I do the sobriety coaching. I coach my free group on a Saturday, which is, it's like just this. It's a conversation. People seem a little kind of scared about or not sure what to expect. And it is literally a check-in with everybody, sharing their struggles, their successes, things that they're proud of, things that they're grateful for, um, and getting inspiration from others that are on the same journey. And I think it doesn't matter whether you're like on day one for the 20th time or you're three years sober, you have something to share and to motivate and um, inspire other people. So I love that community. I do some work for Simon and I think we'll be doing quite a bit more work together in the future as well, hopefully. And yet the podcast. So it is. I love it. I get a real buzz. It was very outside my comfort zone um, before I gave up alcohol. I had never, ever spoken in front of people. Anytime wow. in school or in college, um, I would call in sick because it would just cause me so much anxiety um, to put myself out there to be judged and to be criticised. Uh, and now I like I thrive on it. I thrive on wanting people to feel the same Amazing. way that I do. Um, so it's great to kind of facilitate that. That's so incredible. And what a transition Yeah, it really is. Would you attribute that transition to like what part of the alcohol-free journey do you think gave you that confidence or that that shift? I think that alcohol has this hold over all of us and we don't realize it. Um, And it is so difficult to give up. And even when people say, oh, I don't have a problem with alcohol, you know, they don't think of themselves as an alcoholic. I certainly didn't. But it is it has a hold over you and when you break free from it and you do something that not many other people do and you realize that you can do that and that you're strong um and you can take control I just it like boosted my confidence I'm like I'm strong I can do anything I can take on the world now if I want to Uh, and I do I my confidence in everything I would never ever be the one to want to try a sport where I was like paddleboarding. I I went to Canada and my cousin's girlfriend said, oh, they do paddleboarding. We were in Victoria and I was like, I, I can't, I don't want to, I don't want to be out there and like make a fool of myself. Um, the same with indoor climbing. I wanted to try it. I just didn't want to be that center wow. of attention. And folk. now I'm like, I took my son to BMX club the other day and he's eight and I'm like, Oliver, let me have a go. He's like, mom, no. I'm like, Oliver, let me have a go. Let me have a go. And he's like, oh, go on then. And I'm like, that's the person I want to be is having fun and making the most out of life and uh, doing that without alcohol. It's, and it's, yeah, it's just boosting my confidence no end. That's so incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. I totally agree that being alcohol free has boosted my confidence too in in just taking risks that I never would like even being on video, even yeah, recording a podcast, like so many of these things are so beyond what would be my comfort zone. Yeah, I think it changes who you are. And it also, we kind of talked a little bit about this before we started recording, you learn to fail well, 
I, yes. that's what I've learned is that failure is not complete failure just means that you need to find another way to do something before I was so like I'm going to get judged if I fail I'm going to judge myself if I fail yeah. I don't want to fail um I, that felt such an uncomfortable place for me to be now I'm like okay if I'm not failing then I'm not trying hard enough I'm not outside yeah. my comfort zone enough and I've realized that I like being outside my comfort zone that's actually what inspires me and what gives me a buzz um, alcohol never brought any of that it like it seemed really good fun but it wasn't all the the bad shit that came along with it that wasn't fun this is fun like being focused on my business and I, I was searching this for this the whole time for the last, last 20 years and then all of a sudden I'm like oh I found it now now I know it's good to fail it's good to fall yeah. and pick yourself back up and find another way so true. And I have this um, quote, I saw it somewhere, like rejection is redirection, you know, and getting Absolutely. rejections and getting and having failures or coming across obstacles just prompts us to pivot in a new way, right? And explore a new way of doing things. So yeah. And the, the yoga, that's why, I mean, I've reconnected. I went 13 years with not doing, I didn't get my mat out once in 13 years. Wow. Um, and then I'm back to yoga and back to like, okay, you can fall and you can pick yourself back up. And the climbing for me is a huge, huge thing. So many lessons with that of when I got to the top of the wall, like I did the easiest climb the first time we went there. But I honestly, I felt like I was uh, Tommy Caldwell. I, I just, I was, yes, I've reached the top of the wall and I can take on the world. Um, but learning to put my trust in somebody else to have my back. That's another, like I say, I'm very masculine in that kind of energy that I want to take control in every situation. Yeah. And in climbing, you can't, you have to have faith in somebody else to have your back. Um, learning that, okay, this route is difficult, but you, you might fail on it 20 times, but you will find a different way to do it and you'll get to the top. And that's, that's the fun of it, pushing yourself outside the comfort zone. If you can do it first time, it's not difficult enough. Um, and where's the kind of joy in that if you can just do everything first time? Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. So I have one more question for you, Alan. I'm just wondering if you had any wisdom or any advice to someone who is beginning an alcohol-free journey, what would you say? I have a big thing at the moment. I, I watch Mel Robbins saying about um objectivity in manifestation and I really really feel this to my core because I speak to so many people about it it's find somebody that's thriving in their sobriety and connect with them not necessarily with people who are trying to give up at the, the same time as you but people that are killing it in their sobriety people like yeah. you that like it's changed their lives and they are loving their sobriety ask them questions how did they do it because we've all been there we've all had like oh I slipped I went back it's normal or oh, this is too difficult is this really what I want but people who are so much further down the road of it is worth it. I promise you. Yes, I've been there. I've done it. It's difficult, but just keep on going. It's keep connecting with people who are thriving in that area that you want to be in. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's a great piece of advice. I don't think anyone suggested that so far, but you're totally right. And someone actually recently commented this about my community because we have a new group that just started dry January and they're all in the early stages. There's 11 of them. But then we also have so many people in the community that are like, you know, three years into sobriety, two years. And they were saying, it's really amazing that we have our little, little nest of us. And then we have everyone on the outside. That's a little bit further along. Um, and you're right. It's, it's really helpful to be able to have people to look to who 
kind of walk the path before you. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there is a danger when you're only connected with people who are on the same journey, you enable each other to a certain extent. It's very much like a diet of like, ah, I messed up. Oh, I messed up too. Don't worry. It's okay. Whereas looking to somebody like that's great support to have, but to have mentors that are that much further along is really important as well. Yeah, that's so true. Well, Ellen, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And I'm super, super excited for us. We're going to finally do our retreat someday. It is going to happen. So those of you that are listening, if you want to come with me and Ellen to Bali right now, it is tentative for November and it's going to be amazing. So uh, reach out if you're interested and yeah. Thank you for having me, Alex. Thank you so much. Take care. Take care. Bye. Hi friend, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sober Yoga Girl Podcast. This community would not exist without you, so thank you for being here. It would be massively helpful if you subscribe to this show and leave a review so that we can reach more people. And if we haven't met yet in real life, please come hop on Zoom at the Mindful Life Practice because the opposite of addiction is connection. Sending you love and light wherever you are in the world.